Froggy takes one step at a time. The way that he moves has no reason or rhyme. He hops and jumps, dodges and ducks, cars and buses, vans and trucks. Go, Froggy, go! You gotta keep on hopping till you get to the top. I'm your host, Joey, at Fishpilled, and as always, I'm joined by Skylar at Egg Drinker. And today, we got a doozy. We got uh, Pac-Man Fever by Buckner and Garcia from 1982. What did yeah, you think? I I think it's it's definitely the best one we've had so far. Easily. Um uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it perfect. I'd hesitate I've, to call it great, even. I think that for 1982, this album is absolutely insane. Yeah. I, I, I forgot that it was 82. I thought it was more like mid-80s. It, it does change things a little bit. The idea of making songs about video games in 1982 is literally 30 years ahead of its time. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Buckner and Garcia began writing radio jingles in Atlanta mm-hmm. and they got really in the Pac-Man and tried to make a song for publicity. They made this entire album over the course of two weeks. And that's awesome. That's, that's such a fucking good hustle. Uh, it reached number nine on the Billboard Top 100 at that time. Really? Which is wild. That's insane. Like, that's the thing, like... I've, I'm aware of the song Pac-Man Fever, but the album also apparently did incredibly well, which no one I've ever heard ever talks about. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so we, we we start in at the title track, Pac-Man Fever. Yeah. I think, I think that Pac-Man Fever, the song, should be known far and wide as the Gamer National Anthem. I think this song is incredible. Like, it's, genuinely. It's so fucking good. Like, the the implementation of the video game sounds into the song mm-hmm. is done flawlessly. Which, by the way, they recorded the sounds with an open mic directly next to a Pac-Man machine. Yeah. And if you listen close enough... You can hear a dude eating a sandwich in the background. Really? <laughs> the did arcade, you, yeah. Did you did you test this? Yeah. You can t- if if you like turn the settings just right, you can hear dude eating sandwich, which rules. That's awesome. Um, um I I don't like they were definitely they weren't in the right mindset writing Pac-Man Fever. I feel because there's so most of the song is straight up about how He's Mr. Pac-Man is going to murder the ghost and in which order he's going to do it. Yeah, that rules. I think my favorite lines, I've got all the patterns down up until the ninth key. I've got Speedy on my tail and I know it's either him or me. So I'm <laughs> heading out the back door and in the other side, gonna eat the cherries up and take them all for a ride. Which rules. That's so good. It is good. But like the the guitar solo in this song is incredible. All of the instrumentation rules, like they they it's, knocked it out of the it's park. It's genuinely a, an amazing song. And the idea of like 
this just being on the radio in the 80s <laughs> it's is awesome. extremely funny. Um, we move on to possibly my favorite name I've ever heard for a song, Froggy's Lament. It <laughs> See, it's not even my favorite song name on the item on the album. Oh, I lo- it's like <laughs> Frog Sadness. <laughs> I guess I Froggy's Lament is the best song on the album. I think Froggy's Lament is what Chuck Berry's bio wishes it could be. That's true. Like it is sort of bluesy but it rules yeah and i i love the line puff your magic wagger froggy yeah no <laughs> i actually i actually don't want froggy's wagger anywhere near me <laughs> so apparently this has nothing to do with frogger at all it's that they they loved some show like kid show where there was a large frog that Puffed its wet, its magic wagger at people, <laughs> and that's why they put it in. It has nothing to do with the game, which is even better. That's awesome. Um, I think this one. I made the comparison at the end of last one that the fucking gamer album is just gonna be Starbomb Game Grumps, right? And this one, this one sounds a lot like them. See, I think the interesting thing about this entire album is that like. I feel like when people now make video game songs, it's either that guy from Linkin Park who went on to do solo stuff, Fort Minor. It all sounds like Fort Minor. Every single song, because that's their only frame of reference is like Fort Minor, System of a Down, and Eminem. And that's all they got. Whereas with this, like, well, I mean, obviously they didn't have those, but like, these are just like pop songs. Or, like, rock hair metal songs half the time? Or blues songs? Like, they they really yeah, went like, for it. I don't even know what you'd call Froggy's Lament, really. Because the vocal delivery is so... It's something. Yeah, like, it, it starts out as a blues song, but... Part of it sounds like a kid song, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's so much weird stuff going on. I think that's true for a lot of these songs. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if they made it for two weeks, that makes sense where they're just like, I don't fucking know, man. Just <laughs> let's fucking do it. Like There's only, they were definitely only eight just, video games even exist. They were definitely just snorting cocaine and they're like, <laughs> we're just going to pump out all of these. Yeah. Um, do you have any more on Froggy's Lament? On Froggy's Lament. No. God, I love that name. We move on to <laughs> Ode to a Centipede. <laughs> I don't like this one. This one is like five minutes long. Yeah, it it's too long. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, I feel like you can tell which games they really liked and which games they were like, well, we gotta like make an so album out of this. I don't know what video game this one's talking about. Centipede. What's that? The video game Centipede. I, that doesn't answer my question. The the one where you, the centipede. Okay. 
It's like a like there's a there's a centipede that's go that's okay. going like from the top of the screen to the bottom, and you gotta just kill it. And there's sometimes aliens. I've I've never encountered this in my life. Apparently, Buckner and Garcia haven't really either because they they simultaneously had a lot to say and not much to say. Because it seems like they just kind of were like, we need we need filler for this. Yeah, this one felt like a Minecraft parody. <laughs> but I think then we move on to the the real cream of the crop here. Oh yeah. Do the Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh yeah. I fucking there is so much going on in Do the Donkey Kong. So again, in Do the Donkey Kong, they use the game sounds really well in this. Yeah. I really like the line, jump over all the barrels and let out a little scream. Duck underneath the pie, because it's a coconut cream. You pick <laughs> the hammer up, and then you put the fire out. Now we think you know what Donkey Kong is all about. No, I don't, actually. I don't know what Donkey Kong is all about from that description you just gave me. No, There was so much fucking... Like, the, the production choices on this song really intrigue me. In what way? There is an insane amount of reverb on whichever of Buckner or Garcia was singing. (laughs) Just combined with the most synthetic drums that have ever existed in music. My favorite part is that there's a false end to this song. That fucking rule, they faded out (laughs) and then just came back and it it was so awesome. But like it faded out for like a full four seconds. I'm like, oh, is this song just taking a while? And then just like comes back full force. You're like, huh? It was so cool. I thought that was the coolest shit ever. My favorite thing is that apparently the false end, their inspiration for it came from an old Motown record called Do You Love Me by the Contours from the 60s. And they're like, yeah, we're going to just take this idea and put it into the song Do the Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got, I get it, because this one gave off 50s, 60s vibes from the um the vocal delivery. Well, apparently they basically, they made a... <laughs> They made a song for a roller rink. Okay. And they really liked it, so they said we're gonna repurpose it for Do the Donkey Kong. Oh, that's awesome. And that's I think that's the thing too. There's a lot of songs here where I'm like, was this a parody of a song from the eighties? But I think it's just there's a lot of them are so close to commercial jingles mm-hmm. that they all just sound like I've heard them before. Kinda. But I definitely yeah. haven't. Uh we move on to Hyperspace, Hyperspace, which I think is is okay. The mixing was really bad. I think it's better than Beck's album Hyperspace, so it has that going for it. <laughs> but that's not a high bar to reach. Um, there were there was like a a strangely horny lyric in here, and I I don't think that we can't talk about it. Which one? Shooting my rockets all over the place. I'm invisible now, but I'll be back again. Kick in the thrust, because I've just got to win. I mean, I think that... I don't know if that's if that was intentionally horny. You can't talk about shooting your rockets all over the place, and then two lines later talk about thrusting. All right, but this song was uh, dedicated to Jerry Buckner's kid. So I oh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the kid has to exist somehow. 
Yeah, I don't think it was dedicated in that way, though. <laughs> um, that's interesting. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It was. It was. It was a mid song, I think, on this eight song album. Yeah. It didn't have to be that long. No, definitely not. Uh, then we move on to The Defender, which contains, contains the lines, I'm the Defender, a mutant bender. I'm the Defender, a mind bender. I'll defend the state <laughs> to the end. I'm the captain of the ship and its men. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Again, you can definitely tell which one's they genuinely cared about and which, and which ones, ones they were just like, just oh, like fuck we have to make a song <laughs> like for instance mousetrap they care about mousetrap oh they care a lot about mousetrap they care so much about mousetrap i think the dog sound effects just like scattered throughout are so <laughs> awesome and the line i could turn into a dog if i only had a bone and could press the doggy button, they would leave me all alone. See, I I, could, I like the lyric, I could make the hawk turn stupid if I entered into in. <laughs> I could block and trap the cats and turn into a mouse again. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, mouse trap bops, definitely. Yeah, like, they I say think... the, the one problem I have with Mousetrap is that they say the chorus so fucking much. Well, and they they have that problem again with the well, next song. It's so... a pretty persistent album or problem throughout the album. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like the, and again, this makes sense that they were making radio jingles and that like the kind of the structure of each song is mostly exactly the same. Kinda, yeah. But I think, like, Pac-Man Fever, Froggy's Lament, and Mousetrap, I think of the songs where, like, they really care about those three games genuinely, and then do the Donkey Kong. I don't think it's that they cared about it, I think it's that... They were interested in Donkey Kong. Well, no, so by 82, that's when... Donkey Kong was really, really popular in arcades. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they personally liked it, but I know that they were like, we got like that was do a, it. that was the second single on the album because they were like, we got to keep cashing this in, right? Uh, then we move on to the final song. It's a pretty short album, even though there was two very long songs in it. Yeah, going berserk. It doesn't live up to the name. See, I, I think the game sounds in this one are really good. They, like the there's game like the robotic good, intruder alert. It's such and a it's such a slow song for a song called Going Berserk. And also I think this is the only song on the album that I think is not I mean obviously it's about Berserk. But it's I think it's a love song. But I, maybe I not got told. that. Okay, here here's here are the lines. I think I'm going berserk. Would you like to come too? I can't stop now. I'm addicted. I'm berserk over you. Now, people probably shouldn't be berserk over someone. <laughs> that seems like the wrong word to use. Right, yeah. Uh, I like the humanoid, humanoid robot voice. That's good. 
There's a really cool solo with an instrument that I don't know what it is in it. <laughs> but then for the final two minutes, again, they just they just say <laughs> going berserk. berserk over you for like, like two, two minutes straight. Entire minutes, <laughs> which again is like they must have been like we we need to just add more to this album. Like, yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I also, I don't think they ended the song on the right beat. Yeah, but that's just cool. Like, I think they, they ended like, it too early by accident. They were It's because they were recording it at day 14. And, like, the CBS execs or whatever were, like, knock on the door. Like, just, just cut it. Just send it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But I, the song, it was cool. It was fine. But it sucked total shit and penis as a closer <laughs> again like i think if they just released pac-man fever froggy's lament do the donkey kong and mouse trap when this would be one of the best albums ever made <laughs> yeah but like i also don't fault these two people at all for just like cashing in that check no uh this album apparently went gold which is insane. <laughs> and then they did the even smarter thing where they never recorded anything after this except for the Wreck-It Ralph theme. <laughs> That's not true. They did more than that? Yeah. What else did they do? So they recorded um, a second album called Now and Then. Um and they they tried to release it, but their the um so their label fucking CBS noted, right. hey, so the second single we put out called "Do the Donkey Kong" after you put out your album that made us a shit ton of money, totally flopped. So fuck off and die. <laughs> um, and they. I don't know when they initially released it, but it says on their Spotify page that it got released in 2009. So, well, I think their Spotify page is also mostly wrong. Apparently, they wanted Froggy's Lament to be the second single, which is smart because that rules. Yeah. But that like I said Donkey Kong was popular at the time, so the stupid fat cats at CBS ruined Buckner and Garcia. Yeah. How dare they? Um, I'm trying to find this. Um, so their album Now and Then was supposed to come out like I don't know mid '80s, right? And they couldn't release it until 1999. That rules, though. Could it? Did yeah. it? Why? I mean, like it's not like they were really aspiring that much to be musicians i think this was just like a side project for them that happened to explode i guess some weird reason um can i read you the track list of now and then absolutely so one first one we got do the funky broadway (laughs) all right Okay, track two, the second track on the album, we have a, um, <laughs> we have Pog Wild, parentheses, Pogs. The can't, oh, okay, okay, I see that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I really like like I know what they're referencing, but I really like the concept of just Pog Wild. <laughs> I I do like that they had to add the parentheses Pog. Pogs. <laughs> Pogs on you cutely. Um, what else? Then, then we have It's Alright. <laughs> Alright. And then we have Hostage. Oh, God. <laughs> and then finally we have E.T. I Love You. Okay, so see, E.T. I Love You was supposed to be on the first album. It was. Uh, and Mr. Uh, Steven Spielberg, big fan of E.T. I Love You. Yeah, um, they re-released it with a couple more songs after that, actually. I think this was the 2009 version. Right. So this one still had Hostage and E.T. I Love You, and things such as Pog Wild were cut for some reason. I can't believe they would do that. But see, I don't think... I think that was like an EP. I don't think that was necessarily a full album. Well, no, it was five tracks, and the re-release was also five tracks. Right. Um... The re-release had replacements called Mr. T. (laughs) I gotta hear the beat. And Loose in the Streets. Buckner and Garcia were both ahead of their time and taken from us far too soon. Only one that was taken from us. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. (laughs) Um, They also released a song in... 2010 called keeping the dream alive um and they definitely didn't they tried they tried to keep the dream alive yeah and it's that's, also worth that's respectable it's also worth noting that uh between the two of us we emailed and tried to call jerry buckner and he yeah. did not respond to either no <laughs> and i think that that is fucking sick I really, I genuinely thought he would at least answer my email, and he didn't. I'm still holding out hope. (laughs) So, the closest thing to an award, I guess, that they got was they, they were got, they got number 98 on VH1's top 100 greatest one hit wonders of the 80s. It, this should definitely be in the top 10 top Genuinely. 10 i mean how many were probably yeah like i don't I know think, what other cool one hip wonders there were genuinely but I, I think like just the idea of a song getting so popular about pac-man mm-hmm. is so insane that like how can you top that as something that like happened culturally like <laughs> the thing i think ugh, i forget the placement or the uh, television station, but Pac-Man Fever was in the top 100 cultural moments of all time. <laughs> That's awesome. What? Yeah. <laughs> cultural moments? And I agree, because what an insane moment. <laughs> I, I guess. But, like, does that include shit like World War Two? That's probably, like, 51 yeah or something who knows mm. all right what would you rate 
Pac-Man Fever 1982 by I would, Buckner and Garcia. I would rate Pac-Man Fever 1982 by Buckner and Garcia like a like a six. I think I would give it an eight out of ten, and here's why. Okay. I think some of the songs aren't great, but I think that genuinely they were so ahead of their time, and the songs that were good, like incorporated sound effects from video games that so well mm-hmm. that like like they, they should be like a cultural touchstone of like look at this insane thing that came out and then no one did it for another 30 years right like, that's insane <laughs> um, there would be no tobuscus without <laughs> pac-man fever buck by buckner and garcia <laughs> i I would have given it like a much higher thing, but Otuba Centipede made me so angry by just being that long and having nothing happen the whole time that it docks at multiple points. See, I I docked it down from a 10 out of 10 is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I think Pac-Man Fever and Froggy's Men are like near perfect songs <laughs> they're so good Froggy's Lament is like genuinely one of the better songs I've heard in a while <laughs> alright do you have any other closing thoughts um I I don't think so they they made Waffle House youth box songs I would like to congratulate Buckner and Garcia for being the best album we've heard in the first three episodes <laughs> By a fairly significant margin. A huge margin. That being said, um, I don't know if you're necessarily ready for the next album oh, that we're God. about to review. What is it? All right, Give me so the year first. The year. Yeah. I will have to double check that because I do not remember. <laughs> okay. Is it is it more modern than than the last two that we've had? It was released in 2016. Holy shit. Is it? All right. So this album is by the most popular uh, artist on Spotify. Post Malone? I am referring to various artists. Okay. It is Trolls Original Motion Picture Soundtrack. (laughs) No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's not Trolls' original motion picture soundtrack. It is absolutely Trolls' original motion picture soundtrack. That will be next week. Oh. (laughs) Thank you for listening. You can find us in podcast zones like Spotify or Apple Music or the other ones that no one uses or Anchor. You can follow us at RNGcast on Twitter. Uh, Again, I'm Joey. At Fish Build. I'm Skylar at Egg Drinker. And until next time, keep bu- Bucknerin'. <laughs>